Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Morning, everyone. Evolution Out Warrior Hardcore Podcast coming away. This is episode 135. Today, we're doing Bradley Castleberry. Steve Smee here and Mr. Mobster. How's it going, man? All good. That, that's, I don't know whether we want to tear this guy a new one or, or, or build him back up again. So, yeah, it's going to be 50 50 with this fella. He's uh, what a reputation. Let's just start with that. Yeah. So, Bradley Castleberry, guys, uh, we're doing some bad boys. In our podcast now, this is a guy though, um, you know, one of the most bashed guys on on yeah. social media over the past three four years. But he's kind of changed, like mobsters say. We're kind of talking about it on the pre show. We'll get into that in a second. But he gained a reputation due to his cocky behavior, and <laughs> he basically also had a fake weight controversy. So we're going to get into that in a second. That did get him a lot of followers and a lot of people following him. So it kind of ended up being a positive. And we see this a lot to get on the map. You can set up an Instagram. You can have a great body. You can do all this to get on the map. You got to do something to, you know, where it's going to attract a lot of haters, a lot of trolls, a lot of people attacking you and stuff. And then that tends to build your following and then over time, you can kind of use that to your advantage and market it. And this is what he's done. It seems like he's mastered it pretty, pretty well because his Instagram page has almost a million followers. When you get that many followers on Instagram and you continually, continuously update your Instagram, you can turn that and be able to monetize it very, very easily from selling stuff. And we'll get into that in a second. So born in 1985. He is 5'10", 250 pounds. <laughs> and over the past three years, he's really kept his physique. I mean, the guy is still very, very strong. You can look at some videos on his Instagram page. I mean, he's benching four plates really easily, just playing around. Uh, there was one where on his Instagram where he's got his son spotting him. But the thing is, his son is like, I don't know, seven or eight years old. So it's kind of a yeah. joke. But that shows you how strong he is that he can take that chance and have a seven-year-old spotting him with doing four plates. So that shows you that that's lightweight for him. So so um, let's get in, into his early life, Mobster. Um, very, very athletically gifted. He did a lot of sports, did a lot of running. He started weight training in his friend's garage. And there wasn't much equipment to train with. But he, at 15 in high school, he started lifting mates more seriously and he got his mom to buy him a gym membership. So from there, I know a lot of gyms don't even allow you in there unless you're 18. So there are some gyms though, where you can be a teenager and get in there. The first gym I actually signed up for was like a civic center type of thing. Really, really crappy gym. Uh, Didn't even have much free weights. Had some dumbbells, but. I did what I had to do. 
Um, so this got him hooked on weight training and he realized he had a gift for bodybuilding. So at 19 years old, he stepped in stage his first bodybuilding show. And he also competed in muscle mania where he won his pro card getting first place. So after competing for several years, he was burned out. He took a break from bodybuilding. He set his sights on playing football, played two years in college. His weight training paid off because of his strength. And in football, you need strength. Really, at any position in football, you need strength. Even a kicker or a punter, you need strength. You need to be able to kick that ball far. Any position. He also learned teamwork. He learned to be a functional athlete. And that was, he, he talks about how it's difficult to do that because bodybuilding is sort of a loner sport. It's a selfish sport. It's kind of why I kind of graduated to weight training because I like that. I like that it's a solo sport. I don't like to depend on other people. I don't like that to have to depend on them to be correct. And that's going to bring me down. So for some of us, you know, it's, it really works out well. So he got into powerlifting. He put up some amazing numbers on video, but the thing is, his critics came firing at him because it turned out that he was using fake weights. So mobster, I'm going to bring you in on this, introduce this a little bit. Okay. So there are uh, multiple videos on this particular subject. And I've got to be honest, I think I agree with uh, Steve Smee in terms of if you're a bad boy and you want to gain traction and you want to get social media and you want to have a following and you want to, you want to uh, market this and turn it into something that's going to be monetary, there's kind of an angle here, right? But it's one of those things where even if me and Steve Smee in the pre-show talked about the fact that we think he's changed, you kind of, I kind of feel like I still want to hate on him a little bit because the whole fake weight thing was 100% bullshit. There is a actual website where you buy these particular plates from. They are a generic shape with hexagonal kind of, and he was in gyms where the only weights that were hexagonal were the ones that he was using. I, I'm trying to get my brain around this idea that he's coming there with some kind of trolley with these weights on it. The gym owners have okayed it. The manager says, yeah, sure, no problem. And he set up this situation that he gets to load this bar with some kind of crazy number and pretend to bench it. The, the best video, the best example of this, there was a, there's a, a short video where he looks like he's benching 750 pounds He's got this much weight, eight, no, eight plates, whatever it is on the bar. And he's got a buddy spotting him. Now, on a well-known channel that I'm not going to name, I don't want to give them the traction, he's interviewed and he's asked about the fake weights. And he talks about assisted bench press, kind of half curls because I don't want to hurt my biceps and stuff like this. What he doesn't say is, as per the breakdown of the video that I'm referring to, he slides the bar from left to right on the uprights like it's 200 or 300 pounds before his buddy, and I'm using inverted the old rabbit ears for the fingers here, spots him with a hundred pounds, say, spot. That still means he's supposed to be, I think, he's doubling or tripling 650 pounds plus his buddy's assistance. I mean, it's just bullshit. He was doing like eight plate squats, seven, eight plate deadlifts, three plates aside on a curling bar. One, one video has him weighing the bar, but instead of putting the whole thing across the, the scales, is standing upright and his buddy's got his hand on top. So like, yeah, so his buddy could be pressing down on the scales. At no time is there's a, it's proving that this real weight, there's no, at no point do you see the scale separate from a human being holding the weight. It's just like, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny because there's actually history 
all the way back to uh, circus and, and, and strongmen back in the day doing certain particular tricks, some of which I know, and I know how they did their stuff. So Brad's kind of like echoing this stuff from 100 years ago, but, you know, he's got, he's got an okay physique. And as Steve Smith says, he's kind of strong. He's kind of strong for a guy that goes to the gym. But when your whole persona is based on this idea that you're doing this crazy stuff and it gets to the point where it's, it's undeniably fake, you're like, come on. If, if, listen, there was, there was a video put out a, a, a few weeks ago about some car claiming that they'd done 310 miles an hour. It was going to be the faster performance uh, uh, by a, 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 the car that you can buy, uh, you know, one of 10, one of 20, whatever the hell it was, and it was doing 310 miles an hour. And the guys was able to look at the video and they said, listen, it's the same road that another car that had done 280 miles an hour had done it on, and it's going past the markers on the road at a slower speed than the car that's done 280. So how is it doing 310? So they got into the whole GPS and stuff. And this is stuff's out there. When you are putting yourself out there onto the internet, you are asking haters or lovers, fans or fiends, whatever, you're asking, people are going to say, did you do it this way? Did you do it that way? And ultimately, this is one of those long-term things. The, the number one male in the world on Instagram, I think we talked about this before, Steve, 227 million followers is The Rock. And The Rock is not putting up fake bullshit. So the long-term reputation of a guy like The Rock is based on being a family guy, an honest guy, putting the grind in, working in the industry, putting yourself out there, and he's got 227 million followers. The, the Kardashians is based on his idea of a kind of fake lifestyle. And even with the millions of followers they got, they get slated. I don't want to be in that position. If I want this kind of situation to happen for me, I want my stuff to be real. So, you know, it's kind of, especially when it comes to the strength community. And you also had a bunch of powerlifters and a couple of faces, I'm thinking of uh, the strength cartel, that they, they, they wanted to go down and, 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 as we say in the UK here, bash him up. They wanted, they wanted it was $10,000 challenges. There was a bunch of stuff out there, none of which he put up. To, he, he could have earned himself $10,000. So if he was legitimately strong, legitimately seriously strong, he could have earned himself $10,000. And, 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 and it was all kind of laughed off and kind of whatever. So, yeah, it kind of got, it, ah, from, for a strength guy, you want your stuff to be real. So it's kind of annoying on that basis. On the other hand, guys, if you want to market yourself in this particular way, as Steve says, you want to get yourself out there. If you want to make a name for yourself, if you want to be a bad boy and the way that we're talking about here, then Brad, your model, he's kind of got it. The, the, the kind of strange thing which we touched on is that he's changed. He's actually putting up videos of him doing real weights for the number, the number of reps, four plate to uh, close grip bench press, 180 kilos, 400 pounds. 415, 420 American pounds with a 45 pound plates with his son pretending to spot him and stuff, you know, seems six, seven, eight years of age. And it's legitimate. It looks real. So he's, now that he's got the numbers, he, he's kind of turned into an Maybe it's because he's become a dad. Maybe it's because he's grown up. And, and, and interestingly enough, the, the, the video that we're talking about, he actually talks about the fact that he did not have a male figure when he was young. He did not have a dad around uh, when he was a young man so it's interesting perhaps that you know what what drives people what makes their background and how they become maybe he's matured but maybe he's become a dad himself and that's made him say you know what i will represent something to my son in a particular way that i've been become a father in fact on his website uh he talks about giving two percent of the profits to certain uh groups i think if the, the fire 
uh, fire paramedics, etc., where he lives, all that kind of stuff. So it is a guy that's matured, it's a guy that's grown up, it's a guy that's changed, and maybe becoming a father has made him say, I want to represent something that's real and not fake and have my son uh, admire me and uh, respect me and that kind of thing. So it's interesting that the evolution that he's take. Yeah, back to you, Steve. So coming to think, a couple of things he's been uh, doing now, back three years ago, he had 750,000 followers. Now he's up to 920,000 followers. So in three years, he's built it up a little bit. It's kind of hard to keep building up. So he's been able to kind of parlay that. He does training. He has a text number on there. He does a couple um, energy drinks, beverage type of things where he promotes them, gets a little bit of a you know commission if you use his uh, code. And <laughs> that's why I, I don't know if you can hear my cat in the background. My cat wants to get in on the podcast. Oh, I've got free here. <laughs> and he also has a clothing line. So uh, that's interesting. His website actually changed from three years ago. So if you go on his website, he basically has his merchant merchandise link. He's got his YouTube channel and he's got, that's pretty much it. So he doesn't really have much on there. Um, in his merchandise, you know, it's shirts and, and workout gear and all kinds of stuff with his logo on it. So it's interesting to know if he, you know, is able to make a, he's probably able to make a decent living off of all this stuff. I think you and I spoke about this again in the pre-show. We were saying, listen, if you've got 920,000 followers and you're not making a buck, then, then you're missing a trick. If you, you could be the nicest guy with legitimate weights on the bar, a real, real good physique, and be kind of shit at business. You could be kind of crappy at doing this stuff together. You really don't need to be anybody. Listen, if, if I was in his position... And I wanted to do something with my Instagram in this particular way. And I legitimately built myself up to the point where I have three quarters of a million, 920,000 followers. Then I, I, I'm going to be kind of lazy. I'm going to put the work in and I'm going to put this work out. I'm going to go, right, you know what? I'm going to have someone run my shop, my online shop for the T-shirts, for, for the key rings and all that kind of stuff. There's a bunch of places that will do this for you dead easy. And it's honestly, you know, so long as you could get some samples of the cloth or whatever else to see what this stuff looks like, because I don't want something that's crappy and peely and whatever else. So that's the thing. And then someone can run that shop for you and you can split the profits. In terms of uh, sponsorship, we've talked about this on podcasts before. And this is a quick business advice for you guys. If you ever imagine you're going to do this, you have to put a certain amount of work in. So there's a number of times you have to post. You have to realize what works, what gains your traction. How, why are there a million videos with all these top bodybuilders, top weightlifters, top strongmen doing the meal challenges because people like to see you. Oh, there's a big strongman. I bet he eats like 10,000 calories. So there's ice cream challenges, four pound steak challenges, all that kind of stuff. It gets attraction. And then you go, like, right, what about uh, the, the bang? I believe it is the energy drink that he sponsors by. A couple of the strongmen are doing uh, stuff with the world's ultimate strongman stuff that's just start, restarted again by um, Rogue. And there's an energy drink that, that, that cuts sponsors most of that kind of stuff. And I mean, honestly, Steve, obviously we're talking about $50,000 here. $50,000 is a nice living. It's not a great living, but when you've got other bits and pieces coming in, so there's a bit of work again. So it'd be required to make sure that he mentions that, eventually tag the stuff, a five, 10 minute video, an hour of editing, tidy it up, work with a videographer. In fact, one of the things we talked about in the past is you get you paid a videographer the money that you earn on YouTube because you're going to make the money on the sales. You're going to make the money on the adverts 
if, if, if it earns a thousand dollars a month and your videographer's got to do 20 hours of work a month, then he's getting paid a tidy sum just for doing 20 hours of work. Whereas you get the money from everything else. You get the money from the selling of routines. You get the money from the sales like Kai Green with eBooks. That's, that's tidy money right there. I mean, if you get a good supplement company on board, very few of these kind of contracts out there, but the bigger contracts are still six-figure contracts. They're still between $100,000 and $400,000 for the real, real big names. Now, Brad's not going to do that. So if I was Brad, like Brad is doing already, I would have multiple income strings. It's not a full-time job. And here's the great thing, of course. You're getting paid to do the shit you like. You're getting paid to go lift. You're getting paid for the videos of you training in the gym. You train in the gym anyway. Please, me and I still train. Someone paid to film us? Yeah, give me that money right now. Someone pays me to wear a T-shirt? Show me that money. It's a good quality T-shirt. I'm wearing it. So it's that kind of thing. Some guys, you know, you go out and you buy your followers. You go out and kind of do that kind of stuff. Uh, and again, like I said, with this reputation with the fake weights thing for the longest time. But ultimately, at the end of the day, with 920,000 followers, if he's not got even 9,200 customers, one in a 1,000 customers, that's 9,200 9, customers potentially buying your stuff. And even if they only spent a dollar a week, that's the best part of $9,000 a week. I mean, come on. Even if you're split in that, 50-50, that's $4,500 a week. So, yeah, even if it's a fraction, even if it's just a couple of thousand bucks a week, that's still 100000 bucks a year. And that's still a decent wage for doing exactly what you want to do. I know, and I'm not going to mention the channel again, that one of the, the big channels to a video out and he says, this is what, it was Christmas time. And he says, this is what my, it managed to hit a million followers. And he showed you the, the, the trophy, the, the thing that they send you from YouTube. And then the camera went back and it was in a room with a fireplace looking out onto a snowfield forest. And he says, this is what YouTube brought me. What about the, the car channel, Steve, with the Lamborghinis, the guy leasing Lamborghinis and Bugattis because they have one or two million followers. And the money that comes from that is enough to have six or seven sports cars. They live simple lives, small flats, small house, six hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar cars sitting outside. So yeah, there's a way of doing this. I think Brad started off real bad, but if he's not doing something with it now, and the way that he seems to have turned his life around as well, uh, it'd be kind of crazy. And I think if we were in his shoes, we'd probably do the same thing. So yeah, guys, there you go. There's a business model, but you need these numbers. You ain't gonna make a buck with a thousand followers. Christ, I've probably got five or six hundred followers on my Instagram and ain't shit. Uh, so yeah, you need that kind of stuff there. There's ways and means of doing it. It's certainly the, it's definitely social media, if you know what you're doing, is a way forward. Let's get into his training, Steve, and his, his nutrition before we get to the meat and potatoes of every single one of these uh, podcasts. Training. Yeah, so, so Brad, he's talked about, yeah, he's talked about his nutrition a little bit really quick. Very simple bodybuilding. He talks about being extremely strict, um, period. But then with powerlifting, he likes to throw in some cheat meals in there. I've, you know, I've noticed over the years, I mean, training for 25 years, Mobster, you've been training for like 50 years. So it's like we both. 
I've only been 56, man. That will have me sick. 41 years. Sorry, you're six years old. American mess. <laughs> I think I think we can agree, you know, um, when it comes to powerlifting, even though when I used to compete, I used to have to make weight. So I used to fast for like a day or two sometimes mm. ahead of my weigh-in. Then I'd weigh in and I would try to get in as much sugars and carbs as I can yeah. before I actually lifted yeah. because it's hard to lift when you know lift heavy weight when you're fast and you need that you need that glycogen you need that that body to be able to type so he talks about this and it makes sense so you know if you're going to be powerlifting and trying to go heavy actually trying to hit a pr you definitely want to have something you know ahead of that so you want to basically get in some some good carbs um now some people you know they'll do some sloppy carbs beforehand because they don't have much options, but you guys listening to this, there's really no reason why you should be eating trash before any type of, of training. So stay away from the candy bars and the protein bars and that type of stuff. Get some good quality, um, you know, sugar-free oatmeal, raw oatmeal, some, you know, some something like eggs, something like that. So Mobster, you know, kind of get into it a little bit. Uh, talk about a little bit of his training and what do you, talk about what you like, to eat before you're you're going heavy. Okay, let me, let me attach it. I'm going to take it off of me for a second, funny enough, because I can think of two stories which exemplify this whole thing. So a bunch of my mates, the training buddies, excuse me, back in the day, competed in what we call a 105 kilogram blast, which is 231 pounds. So if you're 107, 108 kilos, as Steve says, you've got to, you have to fast. Certainly, you want to weigh in nice and early in the morning, and so you have nothing to eat from the night before. To, to be crude, you go and have a good shit, good piss, and you drink no 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 fluids whatsoever, and you're hungry, you're thirsty, and you make the 105 kilos. So now what do you do? Right, so Steve said, this is a big mistake, and, and, and one of my, my old business partners did this and, and, and paid the price for it, is he went out and, and fueled right up with a lot of liquid. And I believe the phrase, he says it was, it, was, it puts seven pounds of fluid was sloshing around in my gut, on the first two strongman events. And this was a really, really bad idea. Now, strength events require a certain amount of energy, but you're not using a ton of calories. So the trick here, guys, is to go, go away, straight after the weigh-in, sit down and have a real small, simple meal. And that's this, that could be scrambled eggs on toast, something like that. You don't need, most training sessions in the gym for a bodybuilder, it's typically 400, maybe 600 calories on a really, really heavy leg day. That's not a lot of calories. That's like one big flapjack or a bowl of oatmeal and, and, and some kind of juice. That's, that's not a lot of calories. So, yeah, strong man again, and powerlifting would be the same way. I would put the food in slowly through the day. And indeed, when I've competed, I've had the opportunity a few times, but very nice of the, the promoters to put on a spread. But for, and some of this stuff's been home-cooked kind of hunters pies and all these kind of things and you're like oh that looks absolutely amazing but i know if i sit down and, and have the equivalent of a three course dinner halfway through a competition i'm going to be bloated the fuck so all i end up doing is i'll keep it real small simple boxes of raisins real small boxes of raisins some orange juice water to say hydrated uh, small cups of coffee this kind of thing a small flapjack half a flapjack bar i would have half a sandwich if I have some of this food that's been put on for us, I'll have a real small bowl, real small plate, and I'll just trickle the food through the day. And then at the end of the day, the moment the competition's over, I'm out there fueling up. So the steak dinner will go down a treat. And in fact, I've been fortunate with, when I've stayed overnight at these events, 
we go out and we have a few beers and we, we chill out and relax. Because again, we're not bodybuilders, we're strength athletes and we can do that stuff. And it's a real big mistake to shovel all that food in and put a load of fluids in because then you're going to be just, that stuff's got to digest, it's sloshing around in the gut. And a strong man, competition could be five, six hours, or sometimes longer. A powerlifting, Steve will tell you this, is minimum five hours and sometimes it's a whole day thing. It's from 10 o'clock in the morning, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Depends how many people's in the competition and the flights. You cannot have the kind of regular three, four meals a day kind of situation for those kind of things. So either you get up real early and do it, or to go to bed, or you go out for food afterwards. But I just want a small amount of food slowly added into my system through the day to give me the energy for the events that I'm doing. You can also, of course, in my case, I've never had to make weight. So I don't have to get up and dehydrate myself in the morning. I don't have to worry. I can have as much food as I like. I'm going to be, unless there's a split between me and the next person, I I, I said, I'm, I haven't been under 280 pounds probably for uh, 10 years, Steve. So what's the point? I'm not going to try and make weight. In terms of his training, funny enough, as I said already, with his more recent stuff, it's, it's a lot better than it used to be in terms of the stuff he was putting out on video. And listen, he doesn't have that kind of physique. And look the way that he does, apart from the stupid-ass videos he was putting out back in the day, without actually training properly. He, he, he would have had a, a ton of injuries if he was using the kind of weights he was supposed to have had. You'd see a bunch of muscle tear injuries. You would, you would see scars. You would see where the biceps are torn or the pecs are torn or the quad was torn or the hamstring was torn. And even now with his physique, and he's got a few years under his belt now, you're not seeing any of that kind of stuff. So his training is not actually as fucked up as he was making it out to be. In fact, if he had real weights and he had been kind of crazy strong, the, the frequency he was putting those videos out, he'd be in, his, his tendons would be torn, his biceps would be torn. As I said, all those muscles would be damaged. His joints would be in absolutely awful. Funny enough, again, he keeps it quite simple. I mean, pretty much all the videos that we're talking about is squat is in there, deadlifts in there, presses in there, curls are in there, the heavy, heavy, heavy uh, camera bar curls and stuff like that. There was no very fancy stuff, no short range movements in terms of, you know, two inch movement on a triceps and all this kind of thing, with the rare exception of the, the stupid stuff he was doing with the curls. Even the stupid squats and the stupid deadlifts and the stupid presses were all kind of full range, fake, but full range. So yeah, it's, it's his training is actually kind of straightforward again. He trains more frequently than I would. We're talking about six days a week here back in the day with the day off. So, you know, again, if he was pounding the weights like he was supposed to have been, there would be nothing left of him by now, Stevie. Regardless of any PED use, he'd have worn himself away and put himself in hospital or something with the amount of stuff that he was doing. So I actually think, you know, the videos gave one impression, but in reality, I suspect probably putting out one fake-ass video a week and then they'll actually train, go to another gym and train it sensibly, all covered up and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think one one more thing on, especially how we used to do it. And none of the guys here do it because it's a kind of, kind of private facility that I got here. Plenty of time when you train and then off would come the t shirt. I'm not one for doing that. I think I've probably taken my top off two times in the last 12 months. So, yeah, there's this idea that you've got to whip your t shirt and boom, doing. Muscular, both uh, musculars and whatever was kind of stupid. But yeah, you would see the damage on his physique and he must have been training properly and he must have been training sensibly. And, and now, of course, we're just starting to see those videos come out and whatever. So yes, back to you, Steve. Yeah, so let's hit our steroid. Let's give a good 15, 20 minutes, talk about his steroid use on Monster. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was uh, researching this before we came on because I wrote an article three years ago about this and there doesn't seem to be anything that I found, Monster, where he 
flatly denies steroid use no. or no, admits it so. either. So he kind of stand a little down on it, but you know, we're not stupid. You know, we know he uses them. Obviously when you're that strong no. period, you're, you're using steroids. I mean, unless you're, you've got the most blessed genetics ever, which he has great genetics, but oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he has to use steroids. I mean, when you're doing four plates for reps like that, like in your sleep as a warm up, that you're definitely using steroids. So let's kind of get into what we think he might of using that situation. The first one right off the bat, Trembolone. Now, why would anyone use Trembolone? Because it's the, it's the king of steroids. It's the nectar of the gods. Trembolone, running it over a thousand milligrams a week, the side effects are going to be insane but it's going to give you the physique that you want. It's going to give you the strength that you want. You will not be able to do as much weight off of trend as you did on trend. So it's a ridiculously great must use in his situation. The guy, if you look through his Instagram, consistent. He consistently is strong, consistently is big. This is a guy who needs to look a certain way to yes. promote these products he's promoting and to promote his training because everyone wants to know, how are you training? How are you eating? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? So for him, yeah. he's got to look a certain way, period. And for him, I have no doubt, Trembolone would have to be part of your arsenal. The other one, testosterone, over a gram a week, that would be something that he would have run to bodybuild, to weight train, to power lift. That's another addition. Next one, equipoise, 1,000 milligrams a week. Equipoise thrown in there. It's a really, really good steroid to throw in there. Some guys say it's really good for appetite. When you're running so much steroids, your appetite may suffer. Your body feels run down, fatigued, sick. When your body feels sick, when your organs are strained, your appetite is usually going to go down. That's just the way nature works. If you have a dog or a cat and it doesn't eat the whole day, it's put, turning down food, you know there's something wrong. That You know that the animal yeah. does not feel well. So your body's the same way. So equipoise being thrown in there can help, can help with the appetite, can help with the energy, can help with the fatigue can help with the endurance to allow him to put in a workout. Sometimes, you know, you get in your car to go to the gym and you're like, oh, I just don't feel like working out. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. Well, that's where the EQ kind of plays in. The EQ is going to help you with uh, some endurance. All right, guys, the next one, HGH. Now, HGH at 10 IUs a day. Why would you use HGH? Why? HGH is a great nutrition partitioner. It's great for growth. It's great for fat loss. It's a must use for him. Must, must use because it does a lot of stuff for him that without it, he'd be in trouble. It also helps you re recover. It helps you heal injuries, all kinds of stuff. Now, the dosage she's running is ridiculously high dosage, over 10 IUs a day, but that's what you got to do when you're at his level. You've got to do that. A normal person might produce one, one and a half IUs a day. He's going to go 10. He wants a lot of those benefits in spades, right? Another one, Anavar. We think 
you know, a couple orals, Anavar, Halo Testin, maybe 100 milligrams a day of the Anavar, maybe 50 milligrams a day of the Halo Testin. Why? Anavar is a mild oral. It's not going to bloat you. It's a dry compound. Halo, great for strength, 50 milligrams a day. If you want to push in the gym, Tren and Halo together, the side effects would be off the charts, but it would be tremendous. Next one, insulin, six IUs twice per day post-workout, and then you eat. Why? Why the insulin? Well, the insulin helps with that HGH. When you're running that much HGH, you must run insulin with it because your blood sugar is going to get elevated. So if you're running an extremely high amount of human growth hormone, insulin is going to be something that you throw in there. It's going to help partition nutrition into your muscles. So your muscles eat it up. And then cartering, 30 milligrams a day, fat loss and endurance. That would help him with that. So this would be something he would run. Uh, he, he would run this for both powerlifting and bodybuilding just to be a big, big guy, just the way he is. I mean, he's a huge guy, under six foot, 250 pounds in lean. He's got a lot of muscle mass on his frame. My goodness, he's, he is a big guy. So all this helps him keep his gains. And I have no doubt, you know, off, off cycle, he wants to look good year round. He's got to look good year round. His, his, his financial, his bank account depends on it. If he start, if he lost strength and he lost weight, he would basically lose so many followers overnight because people are like, "Ah, this guy's done." You know, why am I following him anymore? So, Mobster, what do you think about this stack? What else do you think he might use, and how would you change the dosages? Okay, let's start with let's start with one thing, which we probably I think we've touched on it very briefly in previous podcasts, but we should address this right now. If you are a public figure with the best part of nearly a million followers and kind of famous or infamous on uh, YouTube. Here's the thing, guy, and, and it makes whether you're in a bodybuilding magazines or, or into the strength or whatever, you will attract attention from the feds. If we post comments on forums, we have to tread carefully when it comes to the legal niceties of steroid descriptions and suggestions. And the same thing when we do these podcasts. So if I was in his shoes, I would 100% need to be on some kind of performance enhancing drug. And he actually, as Steve says already, you have to look a certain way or you're going to get zero traction, zero followers, and, and, and you're kind of screwed. But at the same time, if you're going to be using performance enhancing drugs, then you are. I would be not, if I was a Fed, I'd be knocking on your door. I would be saying, listen, there's no way this guy doesn't look like this without using drugs. He, I could go knocking on his door and I'm going to go searching in his place. I'm going to get a warrant. I'm going to stock his car. I'm going to do all the things that I need legally to do and see if I can catch this guy. So I would probably want to be in a situation where I'm getting prescription for my staff and whatever else. I also think he's probably on going to be what we would call TRC for life. If he has to look a certain way, and he does, because it's how he's making his living, it's how he's paying his mortgage, it's how he's bringing up his kid, then... He needs to take these drugs. He has to take these drugs. He cannot afford to not look good. He cannot afford not to be strong. It's kind of his living. The rest of us guys, 99.9% of our followers and their listeners can say, you know, I can have a day off, man. I can go on holiday and let it all hang out. Some of the top pros that we talked about before, having three months off, all this kind of stuff. This guy, is his whole persona, what make market, how he's marketed 
is based on his ability to look good and kind of do stuff in the gym. And so he kind of, he kind of to, to coin a phrase, he can't take his foot off the gas. Right. In terms of the actual drugs here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of agree 100% on the trend for the reasons that Steve's already say, stated. Wherever we are, could have it about the amounts. It, it's going to be over a gram a week, and that's going to be all the time. So we know he's got good genetics, so his ability to, to, to deal with any of the side effects is going to be quite good. And whether he's doing this at this kind of level year round or whether he's doing it for, for, for longer periods than I would do or Steve Smith would do, I'm going to kind of say yes. But again, that's one of those things that some people can handle certain amounts of drugs for certain periods of time. A lot of people can't. And we see that he's also still, relatively speaking, a young man. So his ability to handle something like trend might be better than mine, might be better than most Joes. Test infinite, as is mentioned in the article that we're going to link you guys to. Yeah, over a gram a week for sure. Maybe not a gram and a half, but certainly over a gram. And I know for a fact, because a bunch of my, but I never got anything from this as a strength athlete back in the day, but my buddies, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, would rage about this. This was the foundation for their steroid cycles. This was the thing that they put everything else on the back of. And they, a lot of those guys loved it as a, as a strength-based drug with the other stuff on top. Equipoise, again, this is more about how he looks. If he's a pure strength athlete, his look wouldn't mean nothing. He'd just be out there doing the kind of crazy ways and get the follow. But no, Brad's thing is about appearance as much as it is about his strength. And like I said, even if we're not talking about fake weights, he's still putting up good numbers for a guy that weighs what he weighs. 100% agree on the HGH. There is not, if for no other reason, and certainly back when he was throwing around the crazy numbers, assuming some of those weights were real, yes, muscle tissue repair, injury repair. Now, there are some specific peptides you can use. There's stuff out there you can, fragments we can use. But HGH is real simple. And of course, as Steve Smith has already said, it's an appearance drug again. At this level, with the diet, with the training, with the equipoise, this is going to be one of those things, especially this kind of 10, not 10 IUs a day, certainly six IUs a day, even with the potential for carpal tunnel issues, is going to be using enough with his genetics that is going to keep him looking good, keep him feeling good in terms of the recovery. Hopefully, he's making enough money that he can afford to run this because to run this for serious, we're talking about an, an, on a normal kind of user, three months is, is, seems to be a minimum. Five months, six months is a sweet spot. And I'm going to say with Brad Castleberry, we're probably looking at it all year round. Now, whether it's 10 I use a day all year round, so I, I think so. I think, honestly, I really do. Anavar, I like. Anavar is like one of my favourites. It's a higher level than I would use. But again, we're talking about say, a guy with genetics to stay lean, to look muscular. And his physique, it doesn't look broken down, like I mentioned earlier on. And none of us kind of a mild drug. It's one of those oils that you can kind of get away with taking. You don't put on lots of weight, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a good power drug. And again, he's still got a certain level of strength. Halo testing. Halo testing. And, and, and obviously, these, these uh, podcasts you can be listening to years. I'm using this right now. We're talking about the early part of 2021 as we're talking. Uh, Halo is almost like a pre-workout drug. It's one of those things that's going to give you the rage on. Uh, when you go to the gym, you don't put a lot of weight on, you can't harden up in your physique. But this is almost like the closest thing that we have to look with maybe the exception of trick drops, which is even more harsh oral. Uh, the closest thing we have to, to a steroid pre workout is it increases your aggression, it increases your focus in the gym. But again, it's one of those things, it's kind of, a, it's one of the harsher rules. You can't really run this long term. 50 milligrams a day is way above what I would use. And it's really above this suggested 
top amount for most guys. I would actually run this for short periods of time. And my, my, I'm not going to exceed, even as we're talking, 30 milligrams a day. So there you go. Insulin. Yeah, I, I agree with this. Whether we argue with us about how many uh, I use, I think with him, with his genetics, with the diet he's on, and again, that requirement to look a specific way, because he could have his shirt on all the time. And if he could really bench 600 pounds, people would follow him. Larry Wills. But Larry takes his top off. Brad takes his top. It's almost kind of like, you know, I'm going to get myself an extra percentage of viewers. And because of that, the, the genetic advantage that both of them have in terms of their response to insulin means they're not going to be the kind of guys that go out there and get fat like 90% of our listeners will use insulin because they respond to it in a certain way. And again, these are guys that need to eat properly every single day because their appearance is part of what's putting bucks into their bank account. And of course, as per the article again, and I'm going to agree on this again, there's going to be some kind of psalm in there year round. Now, whether it's cardering for the energy to give him that balance, that pep, the jumping around in the gym, the kind of the way that he's always been that kind of energetic guy. He's boring on kind of hyperactive, really, the way these energy has always been every single video he's ever done. And again, as a father, slowing down a little bit the last few years, yeah, cardering. There's going to be some psalm in there, like I say, all year round. We could argue the success of the amounts on this, this cycle. We could argue whether it's an all-year-round cycle. But I, I, I agree that if he's on a, on a strength vibe, if he was out there and he wants to put these kind of numbers up, nearly all these drugs, if not all these drugs, would appear at some point during the year. Now, whether he does all these drugs as a specific cycle or whether they make some appearance through the year in his performance-enhancing drug use is, is, is up for debate. Uh, but certainly I think they would all appear there at some point. Now, the other thing I would, I would argue looking at this, this list is definitely not running this year round. He's not running this for 12 months of the year. The HGH would be in there, the cardiac in there, the insulin in there, the other drugs would come and go and certainly decrease or increase. And again, I've mentioned this already, he's TRT for life, Steve. He, he, in order for him to continue to look the way that he does, he's taking drugs year round. We can discuss what those drugs are year round, but he has to look 100% has to look the way that he looks. He has to be able to, if listen, guys, if he turns up with gyno and the beginnings of a pot belly, if he goes away for three weeks on a cruise and comes back with 10 pounds of extra food from the buffet, trust me, he's dropping 20,000 followers in hours. He's dropping 100,000 followers in a week. He cannot afford to take his foot off the gas. He cannot afford to look good. And this is where the drugs are going to help him again. So he could be pinpoint on the diet, pinpoint on the training, but these drugs are going to help him keep that look. And combined with his genetics, and I would hope his work ethic is going to have that physique probably for well, another 10, 15 years, Steve. He's young enough that he's got a bit more time in there, a bit more mileage in the body. Now, what looks happens after that, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think we should finish. I think we've finished on one particular aspect here, and I touched on it earlier on. And, and, and I, I, bad boy as he is, and with his fake weight controversy and the fact that he would be using performance enhancing drugs, I will say, and Steve Smee and I touched on this at the beginning of the podcast and definitely in the pre-show, as a positive, and Brad, if you're listening, make sure you pay attention to this part. It's something that seems to have changed. And I'm going to say becoming a dad has changed him. I'm going to say that uh, not having a dad, which he talks about in his most recent video uh, comments underneath, 
not having a dad or a father figure around when he was uh, in his upbringing has changed his personality. And we see this sometimes when guys talk about going out and doing crazy amounts of drugs when they're younger, and lo and behold, they mature. Lo and behold, they, 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 they get a girlfriend. Lo and behold, they have kids. And, you're, and the way that you think changes, the way that you react changes. So Brad seems to have matured. He seems to stop with the bullshit. He seems to have grown up as a man. And I think becoming a father, the, not having that upbringing, wanting something like that positive in his life, wanting to be a certain particular way, which I described earlier on, seems to have changed how, he's, he, how he is. It might not have changed his approach to steroids because he kind of needs that stuff. But I guarantee you that he's not out there doing the crazy ass stuff and, and, and doing this kind of thing. What do you think, Steve? Matured, grown up, becoming a dad made a difference in your mind? Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure. That, that will mature you quick once you become a father. Now, if you want to become a crappy father, you won't mature. <laughs> you just stay no. the way you are and you just become a crappy father. So that's, that's your two choices. So hopefully, you know, the cycle doesn't continue because usually people who don't have fathers in their yeah. life end up being bad fathers themselves. But you can actually learn from that experience and reverse it as well. We've seen that. So there's two paths you can take. You can follow the cycle or you can learn from what you went through and you don't want to put your kid through that. So we'll see, you know, we'll see happens for sure. So, but this is an example of a guy, he seems to have changed. I think yes. he seems to change because his, if you go on his Instagram, he doesn't post a bunch of pictures with cars and women in a jacuzzi that, you know, hookers that he calls up and rents renting these cars, um, ordering women off, you know, hooker, hooker ads, whatever, bringing them to his house off of back page or whatever. And it's like to some of these other clowns. So I got, I respect that about him. And he's got pictures of a little chihuahua and the cat in his picture. He doesn't have pictures <laughs> of a bunch of pit bulls. Unlike he's some of a good guy. <laughs> we, so, we like guys with cats. <laughs> Dylan's yeah, so, got a cat. We've got cats. Cats are good. <laughs> yeah. And I got a cat over here ripping up my carpet as I'm doing this podcast. I hear on the floor, ripping, like to rip up my carpet. Yeah. Hey, stop ripping up the carpet. So listen, at the end of the day, yeah, go ahead. Quick message, quick, quick message for Dylan. My cat looks better than your cat. <laughs> if you my see cat, his cat. My cat climbed the 50 foot tree yesterday. So if your cat can do oh, that, then he, he wins. So Ooh. guy's a maniac. He's a, he's a maniac, this cat I got. Yeah. I just got this cat a couple weeks ago. All right, guys. So that concludes Bradley Cassaberry number 135. We, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. We will talk to you guys next week. Quick hit for the next one. Show. So, so uh, uh, for me, with the podcast, I mean, Steve's done a ton of podcasts. It's going to be the first fitness female uh, physique person that we're going to have on the show. One of the biggest, I'm not going to mention her name because it would just give that stuff away. We've got 2.2 million followers on Instagram. And I will say it's one of those, is she too big or isn't she? Is it been a lot of back and forth with people discussing how she looks with, you know, the muscularity feminine, but with, with muscles and there's a big back and forth, which we're going to get into on the next podcast, Steve, back to you. All right, guys, we'll talk to you guys next week. It's going to be a fun one. See you later. Bye-bye.